Hey kids, this episode starts with some friendly chatting about Rob and Ben's recent travel and life events. And the Adventure Time talk doesn't come in for a little bit. If you want to learn about what the hosts have been up to for the last few months, start here. If you want to skip right to the Adventure Time, then head to the 28 minute and 15 second mark. Of all history's greatest monsters, you are by far the most evil thing I've encountered. Offer your soul to me, Dark One. No! You can't have my soul! I don't even... Look, just get in here. Keep your crummy soul. Hunter, who told you you could fly? Behold! discuss the cultural significance and pedagogical importance of the greatest show to ever air on television, Adventure Time. Yeah, we're here again, very late, to discuss Adventure Time, Distant Lands, Wizard City. So I guess, Ben, we should say that this is something of a, a late review or discussion of this Adventure Time episode, because we were on hiatus. Excuse us, folks. I took a vacation... Ben took a vacation. I don't want to blow up your spot, Ben, but you took a vacation to get married and go on a honeymoon. I took a vacation just to say fuck it, basically. But we're here almost, uh, I, I gotta say, a little over a month later discussing Adventure Time, Distant Lands, Wizard City. But before we get into that, we have to talk about Ben, you and I, we saw each other on my vacation. I went to see you. I went to your wedding. I stayed with you a week after your wedding. Many people were confused about that. They were like, oh, how's your honeymoon? And you're like, Rob never left. We (laughs) haven't gone on a honeymoon yet. It's been great. I went to Columbus, uh, Dayton, Pittsburgh, uh, many places in New York. I had a great time. Ben, how was your hiatus from Cinemodities? Uh, my, My hiatus was great. I got to spend a lot of time with my family leading up to the wedding. And then, as you said, you didn't leave after the wedding. And so many people, so many people were just like, how's the honeymoon? And I was like, 
you don't listen when I tell you things because I I told you I wasn't going on the honeymoon for like a month after the wedding. <laughs> that's that's great because I think it was like people were saying, "How's the honeymoon?" and you were like, "Rob has not stopped washing dishes in my apartment <laughs> since the wedding." <laughs> because literally and this is not – I don't want to put you on the spot, Ben, and say this is something you didn't want. This is something we planned months before. Literally, the day after Ben's wedding, I showed up at his apartment, and I was like, what can I do? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he did wash a lot of dishes. We made some crazy cheese pastry things. Oh, those were so yeah. good. Oh, those green chili uh, pastry puffs. Yes. Oh yeah. man, I don't know. I don't know when they're going to come out. If they will ever come out in a in a real way, we recorded some commentaries while eating those cheese pastry puffs. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with those? Have, have, I don't even know if you've listened to them. No, no, I haven't done any. So I guess uh, for what the audience, does, the cinema audience, does not know is that uh, while I was with Ben for the week after his wedding. Uh, in late August, we recorded two commentaries, one for The Wolfman, one for Real Steel, and we're thinking we're going to release those as just a bonus for a Patreon subscriber or something like that, but actual commentaries, like, this is where we start the movie type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, we watched the movie all the way through, Rob yells a bunch about <laughs> how they made the movie, I poke fun at the movie, It was it's a good time. Uh, and I, actually, my uh, my wife, I believe, is in both of them. Yeah, yeah, she was there. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, it is so, so weird to hear you say your wife after hearing you say your fiancé for so long. But it is it is the case now. I was there. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I witnessed the event of the, of the marriage. <laughs> we painted. Well, we poured paint. I gave knives to everybody. It was a good time. I do have do a have knife, knife from Ben. Yeah, I do have your knife. And... I have to say, I'm glad you bring this up. After uh, your wedding, after the time I spent in Columbus when I went to Pittsburgh in New York, everybody loved the knife. I was oh, like, cool. everybody, I was like, I went to Ben's wedding and they were like, cool. And I was like, he gave me a gift. It was a knife. And I got to show it off to them. And they were like, this is a cool knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little sad I didn't buy one for myself. I, I just bought them for the groomsmen. But they are very nice knives, engraved. Yes. Yeah, engraved, uh, full tang. I have to say, how many people I showed it to, like Pittsburgh and New York, they were like, oh, this is a good knife. This is full tang. And the way they said it to me was like, I wasn't going to know what that meant. And it's like, bitch, I, I have this knife. I know what it means <laughs> when you say full tang. But I had people go like three or four times. I love that it's full tang. I love that it's full tang. Expecting me to be like, what does that mean? But it's a good knife, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, it's it's been a long time since I owned a not-full-tang sheath knife. Uh, they suck. Because the, <laughs> the, the blade falls out of the handle, and it's just, like, a big problem. Okay, I was going to say it bends if it's not full-tang. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it will, it'll start to get loose and, and come out. So, no, I full-tang, not-full-tang was never an option. It was always going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And I do um, want to I do want to add uh, another level to uh, when we were all in our little loft, like the groomsmen at Ben's wedding had a loft at the place we were at, like a little upstairs area. 
with a fridge full of Coors Light and, you know, just a, a, a hanger for all of our clothes. Everybody was ecstatic by the fact that when they needed to cut their tag off of their rental clothes, Ben had given us a knife for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten about that. That was pretty funny. Um, I, I think I had to borrow a knife to actually. Yeah, my... yeah. And Ben was like, "I need to cut the tag off," and five of us were like, "Here's our knives." <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, Colin and Paul actually had theirs on their belt at that point. Yes, <laughs> were, yes. Like... Which is one of the, I have not seen the groomsman pictures yet, but I know there's a few where Colin had his his knife on his belt buckle or belt like cuff or whatever it's called. You know that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. I... I didn't look closely for that, but I will next time I take a look at those pictures, and I'll get them over to you so you can see Okay, too. yeah, I would love to see them. No, but, I mean, Ben's wedding was great. Uh, we had a good time. I jumped around and danced. I talked to little kids for a while. I drank a lot. I got to see John. I don't know, Ben. It's up to you. Uh, how much do you want to get into your wedding? Because it was such a big thing that we talked about before this podcast. This episode, I mean. Um, it was great. It was great, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to talking about it. It was, a, it was a really fun time. Uh, something else that that I thought was fantastic. My, my brother and my dad came together and they got me a Glock oh, as a wedding yes. present. There so, was, there was a gun and ammo as Ben's wedding yeah. present. As after we had gotten all knives, and I was like, oh, I thought we were supposed to give money to the honeymoon <laughs> fund, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then and then my brother was like, "Well, there's no better time to give you this after you just gave us knives." Here's a gun. And I was like, "This is great." It was it was great. It was great. There was a box at the end of the night, and I was like, "What's that?" And it was like, "That's the gun that Ben got." <laughs> it was awesome. It was a great wedding. I'm so glad I got to see it. I'm so glad I got to you know we got to take this break from Cinemonides just to to be there in person finally. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I've had I've had quite a few people comment. They were like, that was a great wedding. And I'm just like, cool. (laughs) You know, like like I as much as it was obviously a day for me, anybody who's been who's gotten married knows that you don't get to experience that much of your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. It really I think it really took until the very end of the night when it was just like hanging around dancing type of thing to be a a true event for you, Ben. But I was there. I was there in the moment. I talked to so many people. I want to say something that I told my Pittsburgh friends, my New York friends, and now I'm going to tell you, Ben, my best man speech blew Gabe's Matron of Honor speech out of the water. Okay, so I've been thinking about this, is that I I put time into my speech. I had, like, a physical bit that I cut because I couldn't get to work. Like, I put a lot of work into my speech, and then Gabe's matron slash maid of honor, they called it matron at the event. I thought it was maid of honor. It's because she's married. Okay, so I never never knew that. I learned something. But her speech, she literally stood up and was like, they are friends, they are good, thank you. And I was like, (laughs) where's the excitement where's the storytelling because i got up there and i had a whole bit about how like the the like the wedding venue was going to shoot me with a dart in my neck to calm me down because i was talking too much i i just want to say that ben that my speech i think blew hers out of the water (laughs) i don't know if you want to comment because you might not legally be allowed to comment but i just want to say that (laughs) well you know i I can tell you your speech was good you you didn't get as filthy as you could have Given yes. that it was a speech for me, yes, uh, and I, that was in part because we talked about who was going to be there. I loved uh, at and, the end, though, that I got to say, I, I said, "quote 
And this time, Ben, I'm not sorry that I have an opinion because my opinion is that your marriage is going to be great. And that was like a deep cut reference to one moment in our friendship where I tried to dislike a Pandora song and you had already liked it and you were not in the room. And so I screamed, Ben, I'm sorry for having an opinion. (laughs) My speech was so many levels. Hers was just. Uh, yeah, friends, good, friends, good, marriage, good, bye. And I was like, that that's it? <laughs> uh, yeah, she, well, in, in her defense, she's not much of a talker. Um, and that's it's kind of fitting for who my wife is. And there, it's, you know, <laughs> but uh, whereas whereas Rob, everybody knows Rob is, is quite the talker. That's so. how I started. If you don't know me, I can talk. That's how I started the speech. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But yeah, so we had that. We had uh, a lot of people like commented about the music. We didn't do anything typical in terms of music. It was all like just the the musical tracks from Fall Out Boy songs. And I stuff. I was in awe. The music that played when we introduced the wedding party was a uh, a thing called Love by The Darkness. And after yeah. we got to our seats, I was like, Ben, that was such a good choice for that song. And you went, that was the DJ. <laughs> 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 just just want to give a shout out to the fucking DJ at Ben's wedding, did 90% of the work, it seems. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Yeah, so uh, my the coordinator for my wedding just disappeared. At one point, I, I went up to my wife, and I was like, where's the coordinator? And she said, wherever you go to not get a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't even, I cannot tell you what the coordinator looked like. The DJ, though, I can give you all of the information about him because he handled this such a, like a such a fucking pro, it was amazing. You know, he he really did almost everything in terms of, like there was a point where like we were cutting the cake and I was like I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> and then uh, the DJ was like, oh yeah, they'll uh, they'll take the cake back there and prepare it and give it to your guests. And I was like, oh cool, so like we're just done with this part yeah. now. And it was like really awkward. The cake was great, a good almond uh, almond type cake that was great. The food was great. I think everybody was raving about the flank steak at our table. The flank steak was so good. I mean, it was it was a great time all around. I don't want to leave any of our cinema audience out of the loop, but it was like, hey, you missed Ben's wedding. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the it was what maple bourbon flank steak. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it, it was, was the only thing I went back and got seconds for. Yes, uh, and then you had the almond cake, but the uh, there wasn't the the other flavor was snickerdoodle and creme brulee. Ooh, and that that cake was to die for. Like, that shit right was on. so good. Right on, right on. No, it was great. I think after that, I got to talk to a lot of Ben's friends that I never met. You know, I got to promote the podcast. I got to talk to Ben's nephews. Are they cousins yeah. or nephew- yeah. nephews? The, yeah, I got to. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, my brother's kid and his wife's kid. They are, what, what does that make them? The stepbrothers, I guess. I Okay, okay. I, yeah. I had never talked to them before, but everybody did their part. You know, there was this moments through the night where they kept the kids entertained, and I did that at the end of the night. It was great. We talked about a lot of weird, crazy stuff where we talked about, like, nuke distributing chairs and things like that. It was fantastic. I think there was a point where it was like, Rob is, like, Ben looked at me and was like, Rob, why are you so deep with the children right now? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you talked to more people than I did. That was something that was very strange, like being pulled in all directions. I think I talked to 
maybe a third of the people that were there. Yeah, yeah. That was something uh, you said before, uh, not before, but after, you know, when we were ending the night and packing everything up, you were like, I thought there was going to be a moment for, like, Gabe and us to go around and and greet people and talk to people, and that didn't happen. That seemed to be the work of the guests, is that, like, me, all your other groomsmen, uh, all the, like, John, all the other guests, they were just like, okay, yeah, let's chat them up. Like, I met more of your family and people that I will never talk to again from Gabe's family that night than ever before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that that was... um... That was a little bit sad. I, I did wish that we could gotten to go table to table, but everything just took so long, you know, from, from getting photos taken after yeah. the ceremony. To... Oh, my God. The photos were ridiculous. We spent so much time in fucking photos, and I'm just like, can I please, like, undo my jacket button, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was hot as fuck outside. Yes. Uh, yes. Which was, it was, a, we decided kind of last minute to move the ceremony inside. And uh, that was, you know, I was thanking God day up because I would have died outside. <laughs> it was so hot. Dude, I think we, I said even earlier in that day, I was like, it is the best decision to make this an indoor ceremony. <laughs> and uh, we... I had three layers on. I had three layers on of clothes, Ben. It's, Outdoors it's, would not have worked. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we, we were full vest, jacket, shirt, also pants whatever you wear. We were in tuxedos and we looked snazzy as shit. Yes, which I can't wait to see the pictures of, absolutely. Well, and then the next day we went out to a fancy Italian dinner in those <laughs> tuxedos as well. Well, yeah, I guess we should say, uh, after the wedding, uh, like I said, I showed up at Ben's place the next day and it was like, where's the honeymoon? Nope, nope, Rob's here. <laughs> we we did a great uh, Italian dinner, very expensive Italian dinner with with our rental clothes. That was awesome. Uh, I did a lot of Ben's dishes. I helped Ben and Gabe deal with their wedding presents. That was awesome. It was a great time. I think all in all, it worked out kind of perfectly that you didn't do your honeymoon right after the wedding, and that we got the time. I guess full disclosure: some of the time while I was there, Ben and Gabe were alone in their bedroom. Like, the first day I showed up, they were like, we're going to bed. And I was like, I get it. I understand, you know? (laughs) And then the other side of that coin is, like, later on in the week, maybe Thursday or Friday before I left, we're watching a movie, and Ben's like, you're coming at me really hard. I need you to calm down, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was awesome. It was a great experience. Ben's laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, well, you were uh, you were on some kind of tear. Uh, that was either Thursday or Friday. I think like I had taken a nap in the middle of the day because I was exhausted. <laughs> yes. And then I woke up and Rob was fucking wild. Well, yeah, we we watched half or a third of Frailty. That's and right. Ben was like, "This movie's really good, but I'm really tired. Can we take a nap for a bit?" And Ben and Gabe took a nap, and I was awake as hell, and I woke Ben and Gabe up by playing them my own music. (laughs) (laughs) And then we finished Frailty. Turns out Frailty's a bomb-ass movie. (laughs) Yes, oh yeah, that was great. That was probably the best movie we watched while you were here. (laughs) Yes, I have to say. The competition is pretty low. So we we did the commentaries on The Wolfman and Real Steel, while I was there, I also watched um, Home Again with Reese Witherspoon. I watched the Heartbreak Kid remake with Ben Stiller. And then Ben and I watched 
Frailty and Run, Hide, Fight? Is that the name of it? Run, Hide, yeah. Fight? Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the movie that we need to stream from Ben's laptop where I gave him my HDMI cable, and that's the one thing I forgot to take back. So, Ben, please give my HDMI cable a very nice home. <laughs> I, I have. It is uh, comfortably sat in with all my other cables. <laughs> and you're like, I cut it. I cut it up. <laughs> oh, so... Is there anything else you want to say about the wedding, the week I was there? It was a good vacation. It was a good trip. But, I mean, also, when I got back from New York in mid-September, Ben went on his honeymoon. So we've been on a hiatus, and now we're back. We're back to discuss Adventure Time. Anything else you want to say about uh, – I mean, Ben, I wasn't there, so I can't comment. Anything about your honeymoon that you wanted to uh, highlight? Uh, the honeymoon was mostly just a good relaxing time. It was – there were uh, a few things we did, like we went to see a few attractions in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. But for the most part, we hung out in our cabin, had a pool table, and we played pool, and we played oh, Magic, that's and we awesome. watched TV, and we just had a good old relaxing time. Did you play Magic on the pool table? No, oh. we, there was a, a little kitchen table. Okay, I'm, I'm just thinking how cool the felt of the pool table would have been to play cards on type of thing. Uh, this table needed refelted. Not gonna lie. It was... <laughs> It was also uh, really out of balance. I, I balanced it with Little Caesar's pizza boxes. <laughs> uh, and oh, eventually we did get it pretty well balanced for, for the rest of the time we were there. And then we just didn't move it again um, <laughs> until okay. we left. Uh, but yeah, we, we played a lot of pool. We played a lot of magic. Uh, I sat in a hot tub a couple times. We had a hot tub on our balcony thing. Yep, I got the Snapchat uh, both from the start and the end of your trip where you were like... You're like, here's the cabin. And I was like, oh, that's a hot tub. And then later on, you Snapchat me, I'm in the hot tub, just chilling out. And it's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabe was taking a nap, and I was like, fuck it, I'm not tired, I'm going to go sit in the hot tub. And uh, <laughs> it turns out, being in a hot tub makes me tired. <laughs> so <laughs> so after, uh, after I got out of there, I probably took a nap. But, uh, no, that was – it was great. And I think the only other thing I'd say about the wedding is uh, my body tells me no. Oh. Yeah, didn't, didn't you say something like your brother, uh, Joel, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, didn't he – he liked my uh, – I there was one song I got in the dance floor of, and it was My Body by Young the Giant. And I jumped around and sang it and all that stuff, and it was the only thing – uh, and I think you told me the la- the next week, you're like, Joel liked when you danced around. And I was like, good. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he liked your uh, your singing, I think. He liked your rendition of, of My Body by Young and the Giant. But yeah, I had to pick, I had to play that song, um, and I, I knew that we would both go crazy when it came on, so that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, I came in from outdoors to dance to that song because i was outdoors talking to whoever there were so many people i can't remember all of them but like i came indoors from talking to whoever and this song started and i was like okay dance floor time like i'm gonna jump up and down sing this song it was great it was good fun oh my god it was one of the the best thing like your wedding was so fun because it was so enclosed and i think that you hit the nail on the head you hit the perfect like out of the park shot of just Wedding, ceremony, wedding reception, bar, food, everything in the same place. It was awesome. Yeah, I I have to agree. Uh, that was a big thing when I was planning it. I was like, I'm not making people travel from one place to another. I'm not yeah. traveling from one place to another. We are 
you know, we're going to, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that right away. And, and it, was, <laughs> it was definitely worth every penny I spent on it. Um, everybody earned their tip except the coordinator who didn't get one. <laughs> um, but everybody else, you know, we had, we had envelopes, free stuff for their tips. We, we knew who we needed to tip. And we, uh, my wife was very prepared for a lot of that. I hadn't even thought about that a little bit. And she is, she was like, here's the envelope for, for John. And here's the envelope for uh, Patrick. And here's, and I was like, fucking great. That's awesome. Dude. I just want to say that when you or not, not you, sorry. Uh, when your wife and her father did their dance, which is a common wedding thing. It was amazing. The song they picked was awesome. I thought it was such a a, a well-made moment. Like, there were so many moments where I was like, because Ben is, your wedding is not the first I've been to. I've been to many weddings before, whether it be best man or otherwise. This was like the cleanest streamlined wedding I've ever been to. And I thank you for that, Ben, because I've been to other weddings, like, you know, my Mormon wedding in Utah. I've been to, you know, my wedding in New York for my cousin. And most of them seem to have bumps and hiccups. This wedding, Ben, was so clean, it was immaculate. I just have to say. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think I think they danced to I Loved Her First, right? That was, yeah, it, uh, it was something like, it was, a, it was like a country twang song where it was like, you know, my daughter, her love has a space in my heart for her father. It was a very on-the-nose song, but it was perfect for what they were going for. And, and then, okay, so you... A lot of people had left by then because we kind of delayed the first dance. But what did you think of the first dance? Okay, to uh, the last of the real ones by Fall Out Boy. Yes, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. that was awesome. I mean, <laughs> it was it was great. I knew that you had been practicing dancing prior to that. It was it was amazing. Like I love just watching all of that type of thing. And as someone who does did not step on the dance floor until I was wildly drunk and wanted to sing "My Body" by Young the Giant, everything that you guys did was awesome. I, I appreciate that. I um, that was one thing that I did not expect. People cheered when I spun gate. The, oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea that people were going to make any noise. I had <laughs> never practiced this dance with distractions, <laughs> so that was. Uh... <laughs> if that's that's the move, bro. You got to spin your wife. It's the move. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, we, we did a uh, tango jive kind of uh, yep. blended dance to to last of the real ones which, oh it was great, it was uh, all, great. all of the music came from them all, all the fallout boy music came from the mania album which yep. had just come out when gabe and i met and it was like the the first thing we talked about consistently for for a while so <laughs> sure like, but yeah so no it was it was great i i agree that things went off really smoothly uh Except for the the cake part, which which you didn't seem to notice too much, but I was definitely like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. <laughs> um, and then I talked to Patrick. I was like, Patrick, what do I do? Uh, Patrick was the DJ. Yeah, you had, you so cut like, the cake, and then you know nobody else paid attention, so you were fine. You know, it's not like yeah. anybody saw you not know what to do. It was like, that's, well, they cut the cake. We're back to our own stuff. You know, <laughs> that's great, perfect. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I definitely had like my I guess she's my sister in law now. Um, her mom apparently a few times has, has just been like, their wedding was so much fun. So like I've heard, and, and this, my sister-in-law's mom and my wife's mom are not the same person. So like, this is a different removed from the family person who just <laughs> out of nowhere has been like, Oh, the wedding was so fun. So Ben, ben will like attach a, uh, a family tree to this episode's show notes. <laughs> yeah, no. So apparently we threw a good wedding and, um, 
you know, we got to experience something like 30% of it. Uh, but, no, it was but, it was really fun. I had a lot of, I mean, you know, you you threw me into a thing. I, I was the best man. If that wasn't said, I had to give a speech. I was the best man. I was the, the the co-host of the wedding. I guess I had to give rings. You know that type of thing. If that makes yeah. me the co-host, but it was great. Like I got to talk to so many people. I got to talk to John. I haven't seen John in fucking like ten years or something like that. You know, it was great. It was a great wedding and. Um, Everybody in the cinema audience should be aware that they missed out because it was a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that everybody had as much fun as they did. Uh, I'm glad that things went so smoothly, and I'm also glad I got a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a knife. Ben got a gun, that type of thing. With all that being said, after that, like I mentioned, I stayed with Ben for the week following his wedding. Many people were confused about that, but... It was something we planned. We had a lot of fun. I left for Pittsburgh. I left for New York. I went on vacation. Ben went on his honeymoon. And now we are here literally a month to the day after its release recording an episode about the Adventure Time Distant Lands episode, Wizard's City. So, Ben, I just want to throw it over to you for the quick start. I told you about this episode at your bachelor party. I think that's where the first time it happened. Because while I was on travel, which was before Ben's bachelor party and after, this release came out. Like, while I was traveling, the release date of Wizard City was announced. And at Ben's bachelor party, I went, Hey, Ben, September 2nd, we're getting new Adventure Time, and they've also announced a Fiona and Cake Adventure Time series for later in 2022. And Ben was like, oh, that's cool. And we ignored it for the rest of his bachelor party. When September 2nd eventually came around, the date I was flying from Pittsburgh to New York, I had to send Ben a voice message message and go, yeah, this is not going to happen. I don't have any of my equipment. I'm not ready to talk about this, that type of thing. So we decided that it would be better to stay on vacation then to discuss something for Cinemodities. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, definitely. We we had talked about trying to record it um, yeah. while you were in New York, I think. And it just, it wasn't going to happen. Um, and I I personally was grateful for that, for that too. Uh, recovering <laughs> from the wedding took a while. It, it just ended up being for the best. And we figured we could give it a, um, give it our full attention when we came back to it. Which I yeah. think is, is the end. Yeah, and and that's what we're doing. So we decided to put it off. We decided to not record a an an episode right for the release, which we've done with all the previous um, Adventure Time Distant Lands episodes. And I think not only has this given us more time to think about it, but I think as well we have not. I think I know we have some responses from fans that we can respond to as well. We can actually take this episode and um, discuss it in the sense of, well, what did Ben and I think about it, and also from our Adventure Time fans, whether they be through Patreon or not, that type of thing. So, Ben, are you ready to jump into Adventure Time? Yes. Let's, uh, you said you have some emails or something we're going to get into? Before we get into any of these emails, these, these fan responses, I feel it is the best to discuss overall thoughts. What do we think? Of this episode, Adventure Time. Adventure Time, Distant Lands, Wizard City. Ben, what are your thoughts? It was, uh, it was interesting. The, um, (laughs) the Spader character, who was, like, supposed to be the cool kid, 
I don't know that it just like it, it definitely rang of, of something else. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, uh, but it definitely felt like uh, you know a story that we've seen before. Okay, with cool kid and and then the peppermint butler who's like the the dorky kid who's who's trying to fit in and, and whatever or or the not as talented kid. Uh, overall, I mean, it was it was enjoyable. Abra Daniel's not my favorite, so that was you know him being a big part of the episode was was whatever. But no, I mean, overall, it was definitely definitely a fun episode. But I still I, I still think that the the Glass Kingdom one is my favorite. So oh, Obsidian. Okay, okay. Obsidian, yeah, yeah. So so that has to become a point of this discussion is how do we rank these four now that they're over? Now that we are done with the uh, HBO Max Distant Lands Adventure Time, we're not going to get any more Adventure Time until 2022 when we're going to get the uh, Fiona and Cake series, which I'm very excited for because Fiona and Cake apparently are teaming up with Simon, uh, the Ice King in human form. That's going to be something where we don't really know much about. But okay, my thought is that Wizard City... While a good episode, once again, as I've always said, an an episode of Venture Time, any episode of Venture Time is better than most stuff. This is like the bottom of the barrel. I think this is almost wholly unnecessary as an episode of Venture Time. My reason for that is because you have Peppermint Butler, who was turned into a young child in the finale, I don't know if Ben's aware of this. That's why Peppermint Butler is young, is because oh, yeah. he was hit by Uncle Gumball's Dum Dum Juice, which they mention in this episode. While he is young, he has a fear feaster inside of him, which is older Peppermint Butler trying to be a dark arts wizard, and he follows the same exact arc as Sweet Pea which is the lich turned into baby form. I don't think this episode is bringing anything new to Adventure Time. I think this is almost a rehash of what we've seen in Adventure Time. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, and I, I definitely agree with that uh, in, in the sense that it, it's not profound in any way. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like kind of, a, like you said, a, a sped-up Sweet Pea arc. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was fun to watch, um, but... I would have rather them spent that this time in distant lands doing something else. I, yeah, I yeah. I a hundred percent agree, and with us on that same page, uh, I want to read. Well, uh, there's two actual contacts for us. Um, it's from Carlos. Carlos is one of our Cinemodities Patreons, so he loves the Adventure Time stuff. And he sent us a message by email. He also sent us a message by Patreon. So I want to read both of these. So from email, this is what he said. Take back everything you said about BMO. Ha ha. That at least had some Amazon Bezos post-apocalyptic energy and seeing the universe before Finn and Jake start going. Also, did football exist prior to the series intro? I actually watched this three times. First was high. Second, late at night. Third, completely sober with my son. It was definitely the same opinion all three times because I was looking for more and like true AD fashion could have missed something. Nope, just a chuckle here and there. Bill Hader really made it pop. That includes you, Larry! Unfortunately, all four Distant Lands episodes felt like they were written by a different team 
They all had some different energy that probably worked for casual fans, hence the constant use of one-off characters. Can't wait for y'all episode. So one, thank you, Carlos, for waiting for our episode. It's taken a month, but it's finally happening. So I want to break this down piece by piece. He says at the start, take back everything you said about BMO. Haha. I don't think he's saying take back everything I've said about BMO as a character. I think he's saying BMO as the first Distant Lands episode, which, Ben, you still have not watched. Is that correct? Uh, no, I actually did watch that oh. last night. Oh, okay, okay. So I had positive thoughts about BMO. Uh, that, that first episode, I was like, this is great. I love what it is, that type of thing. As he says, that had some Amazon Bezos post-apocalyptic energy and seeing the universe before Finn and Jake start going. Um, I liked that episode. Ben, now that you've seen it, this is the first Adventure Time recording we're doing where you've seen BMO. What did you think of that one? I, I thought BMO was, was pretty strong as an episode. It, it obviously, you know, is, is not the regular cast. It's just BMO doing BMO things um, yeah. on, on the drift. Did with, you with... like that it was a prequel? Because the end of that episode is BMO coming to Earth or, ooh, and seeing Finn and Jake as young kids. I don't think that it being a prequel mattered to me at all. Okay, okay, nice. Like, it, it was it was kind of nice. Like, it was it was cute to see small Finn and Jake whenever BMO lands, whatever. But, like, in terms of what happened in the episode, it being a prequel didn't seem to matter. Okay, yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. So, just to continue, um, that was from Carlos by email. From Carlos on our Patreon account, sent us a message directly through Patreon. One sentence, and this is going to tie into what we think about this episode. He said, I can't believe there's a defense out there in YT for Wizard City. I think when he says YT, he means YouTube. Okay. So, so here's the thing. I think that Carlos is saying, and Carlos, please, email us or Patreon message us, whatever, if we're wrong, I think Carlos is saying that this episode is bad. He did not like Wizard City. Um, you know, he, yeah, he mentions that there was some, uh, he was looking for more and like, you know, true AD fashion. There's some funny moments, but that is not what he got. So I want to ask you, Ben, for Wizard City... Is this good or bad? Is this positive or negative type of thing? I want to lean towards it's it's neutral. It's like what like season three caliber mm, Adventure okay. Time. Okay, you know it's it's not the big hard hitting stuff that we get in the later seasons of Adventure Time. Uh, it's not as impactful or emotional as uh, Obsidian. Uh, it's not as fun and interesting as BMO. And even the the other one, what's the one where Finn and Jake are, are together again? Yeah, together again. Uh, you know, even that one, which I I didn't love, at least had some kind of impactful emotional stuff going on in it. Yeah, this yeah. one was really like the fact that they released this one last is kind of a disappointment. Like this one I, should have been released first, if not second. If because any, yeah, if anything, I'm with you that this should have been earlier. Because I don't, I think this I don't episode why is together again wasn't last. Together again should have been the last. One. Yeah, yeah. Not not say that it was the best episode. I think Obsidian was the best episode as far as I'm concerned. But together again has that those final vibes. I'm with you completely. If if there should have been a, a, a the masterpiece of Distant Lands is Obsidian. 
this is probably my least favorite. Because I think this is, from a storytelling perspective, inert. I think that the arc of Peppermint Butler dealing with his inner demon has been done. This is what Sweet Pea goes through from the Lich perspective. Even Peppermint Butler has to deal with this demon that comes out from his mouth. That is Fear Feaster Season 1 type of stuff that we've discussed on the Patreon. This is so inert as a story that it's almost... I don't want to say unenjoyable because it's Adventure Time. I just want to say it's almost irrelevant. This is... uh... This is Hot Fuzz, the Adventure Time version of Hot Fuzz. Oh, this is okay. This is like we get a character goes to a new area. Area seems reasonable at first, and then we find out that there's like this big underground plot within the area. Ah, gotcha. Like this is this is Adventure Time doing Hot Fuzz, and it's not as good as Hot Fuzz. <laughs> well, Hot Fuzz is a masterpiece. That movie's that's, amazing. <laughs> yes. That's, that's but true. you're right. This is kind of like, you know, Peppermint Butler young version comes into this field and has to deal with something. But the thing that he has to deal with tries to be heavy and weighty, but it's not at all. It's it's almost like this episode has no That's why I used the word inert earlier. Because this episode has no consequence. Because, uh, like you mentioned, together again, when Finn is dead, Finn and Jake are dead in the underworld, we see them contact Peppermint Butler. When they have to contact somebody in the real world, in the overworld, they contact Peppermint Butler. So we know he has to be a big wizard again. Like, this, yeah. this episode almost undercuts itself in that sense. Right, well, and, and just from that standpoint it makes so much more sense for this episode to have been released before together again um and and if that were the case then at least you get like okay so peppermint butler is trying to be a big wizard again and yeah. then later we get peppermint butler is a big wizard again and that would be i don't it just in terms of, of telling a story it's like they put the cart before the horse i guess yeah yeah i would agree so uh to add another layer to this when I first posted about this, said, hey, we're not going to release an episode anytime soon because we're on vacation, that type of thing, I, I asked for, you know, comments from our fans about what they thought about the episode. Uh, from user Straight Discipline on Reddit, they said, I noticed that this episode has a Steven Universe animation style to some of the characters, especially Abraka Daniel's niece, Kadebra. I was also disappointed that Peppermint Butler's inner soul had chosen to revert back to his evil past self. Instead of continuing to be an anti-hero with his use of the dark arts. It was like Kokentepe and Peppermint Butler were trying to become as powerful as Orgolorg or even stronger. Overall, I love this Distant Lands episode like the rest of Adventure Time. This series is so full of insight and is a trippy emotional roller coaster. I didn't want this brilliant series to end. So I want to agree with Straight Discipline 8 on the fact that, you know, this series should never end. This is a, a well of amazing topics. But I think I have to agree with him in that my big problem of the episode is Peppermint Butler's inner soul. Like I mentioned before, Peppermint Butler, as his young self, 
is like growing the fear feaster from within him. His his anti peppermint butler, the dark arts peppermint butler. I don't know if this episode has any meaning because of that. Like you have peppermint butler dealing with the fear feaster, and then you have him going through the same exact arc as Sweet Pea as the Lich. Hasn't this been done in Adventure Time? What do you think? Given that I haven't finished the original series, um, I'm a little, I think, uninformed about Peppermint Butler being an anti-hero using the dark arts. No, I, I, I'm glad you bring that up. This is this is really the only episode we get that in. This is like oh. Peppermint Butler has always been a a feature of like in the dark arts. Like, if you remember, I don't know if it's come out on Patreon yet, uh, but, you know, in the season two episode where he's like, I know death. Like, I'm friends with death incarnate. Like, he's the one who possesses uh, Cinnamon Bun to be evil. He's the one who has ordeal over the Lich and Amber type of thing. Like, it's always been known that Peppermint Butler is a dark arts wizard but to give him this backstory i'm kind of like did we need this no no exactly thank you that that's what i'm saying no we did not need any explanation it's been fine when we have this random character who's the servant to princess bubblegum who just happens to be dark arts inspired right right it's 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 fun as a side tangent and I mean, don't get me wrong. That's those those fun side tangents. That's always fodder for like whenever you're going off book and you want to do something else. Like that's always good fodder for that. And, but I don't know. Like we're, we're not. Like I would have been much happier with an actual backstory of Peppermint Butler, and not this post him be, being hit with the dum dum juice. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, like, I, I would have been much more interested to see, like, how he became dark in the first place, if if that's something that, that uh, anyone has given any thought to. Uh, and I think that that would have felt better in terms of the old Distant Lands thing, because that would have been before Finn and Jake, like, long before Finn and Jake. Because these candy people live forever, it seems. Yep. Um, so, in, instead, this happens, what, like, in, in the not-too-distant future from from the Dum Dum Juice Incident. Yeah, I think this is, uh, from what I can gather, this is not too long after the original series finale, but maybe during and before Obsidian. And so, something else, like I would have, I would have liked, uh, and I, I don't know that it would have been necessary to kind of tie everything together, but something else I, I, I might have liked is if, if this episode, like if there was something about the dark magic in this episode that actually impacted the events of Obsidian. Yeah, like, th- that would have felt like it at least had some gravitas. But instead, we get this like like you said, a, a kind of a nerd story, and it's not even an original tale outside of the Adventure Time world, which which you've mentioned. We already see the same character arc in Sweet Pea. Yeah, um, but like they went a mix between like Harry Potter and then like the I don't know Ned's Declassified School Survival <laughs> Guide, where you have this like this nerdy kid who like doesn't quite fit in, or or like. I don't know. I remember like episodes of Lizzie McGuire where she was like trying to fit in with like the the cool kids. Like we get that kind of after school special interactions in this episode. This is the most inert kind of un uh, uninspired. Yeah, uninspired. Like we should have grown to Obsidian and Distant Lands. Like it should it should have been this one, Bemo, and then Together Again, and then Obsidian, which is also my ranking for. How much I love them, type of thing. Uh, I 
I'm with you, except I might switch BMO and Together again. Okay. Uh, there are some things about Together again that just kind of rub me the wrong way. Uh, whereas sure. BMO, you know, you have this the, these fun graph boots on the on the rabbit, and like there's a lot of like fun stuff going on, <laughs> and it, it also has the gravitas of like a, at least a little bit of, of of learning about the scientist that fled Earth and you know was impacted impacted this, okay. this the drift okay. thing so like we get a little bit of before the mushroom wars or yeah, before leading up to the mushroom yeah. wars kind an, of, kind an of. earlier version of the story we've known type of thing right right so so that i i think is great whereas like the together again episode like i don't know it just the whole snake death thing like it just didn't really work too well for me and i think so i would probably switch to i would probably go least favorite wizard city then together again, then BMO, then Obsidian. Because Obsidian, Ooh, okay, okay. Obsidian was just full of bangers. Obsidian is probably the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like peak adventure time with this creation of a different story, of a different art style. Like it was amazing. Yeah. So I, I, um, I hope we're not letting our fans down, but I don't know that I have too much else to say about Wizard City. I think you know we can talk about a few things. Um, a standouts that I that I have, Doctor Caledonius. Oh my God, do I love the voice performance of Doctor Caledonius, which I I had to look up how to say. It's by the voice actor Tox Alagundye. I had to look up how to say that name, and I hope I'm saying it right. If I'm not saying it right, please come on this podcast and talk to us. I love the villain's voice acting. Like, last time we talked about Together Again, I love Chris Fleming as the son to death, I think that was his character. Now, Dr. Caledonius is fantastic! I love her light touch on voice acting and how she becomes the cult leader at the end of it. I mean, if we want to get that far ahead. But Dr. Caledonius tokes Olagundye is so good in this 44 minutes. Uh, yeah, she definitely had a stand-up voice performance. The sword head thing, I, I, the voice just didn't match the character very well. Like some of the other faculty, I didn't think the voices were that interesting. But I I, I, I can agree with Dr. Caledonius was... Um, she she kind of reminded me of like the Trelawney character, Madame Trelawney from uh, from Harry Potter. Oh, okay, the, the okay. Div, the divination... Um, yeah, lady. read the, read, read the tea leaves stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. She she reminded me of her a little bit, and I think she also kind of reminded me of of Simon's what, girlfriend, wife, whatever that character is, Betty. Uh, she also kind of reminded me of Betty a little bit, maybe more in art style than anything else. There was a moment that not a moment. There was a few moments where I was like, she's animated like Patient Saint Pym or Doctor Gross, like villains of Adventure Time. Like, she is animated very similar to that, but she has this kind of clean, welcoming feature to her voice. But then she turns out to be a villain. She turns to be a, you know, welcoming feature of the cult of Coke and Tepe. That's something else. Like, I would have loved to have seen more Betty and Simon in these distant lands. Yeah, yeah. Like, I... if you want to take in stuff that I that I want to know more about, and is distant from the the main plot. Like we already we did the BMO prequel. Like we should have done some Simon prequel stuff. Like that would have been a better use. For That's why I'm really excited about the Fiona and Cake. Apparently, Fiona and Cake are dealing with Simon directly. 
That's interesting. So, like, Fiona and Cake are, what, they're like figments of Ice King's imagination, at least as far as we know. Are we getting Fiona and Cake interacting with Simon post-Adventure Time, or... From what I've read, it's post-Adventure Time. It is, it's it's supposed to be a mystery series. That's what I've read. Oh. Is that, you know, we're... Because there is the episode in the last season of Adventure Time where it's like, you know... This woman comes to Ice King, and he and she says, "I am Fiona." But it turned out that it's not Fiona; it's that Fiona and Cake is her personality projected through TV waves. It's it's really weird. I have no idea what they're gonna do, to be honest. Okay, I'm intrigued. You're right, Ben. With this episode of Adventure Time, what else is there to talk about? It's pretty straightforward. I really like some opening messages, opening lines. Uh, see how this air is thick with it. With what? With Wizard City! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, con, was it con Wizard or whatever? Yeah, yeah, like, Con like... Wizard. I guess my question is, you know, we get introduced to this, this independent character, Kadebra. Abraka Daniel's niece? I think that's the case? Yeah. She's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have to say, I did love that she... Her, her her uh family was like do real magic and she was like no that's boring i want to do stage magic i thought the, that there's really there's kind of an interesting idea about a a magician someone who is able to cast magic saying i'd rather do close up hand stage magic there's something really interesting to that idea well, yeah i mean if if you can do real magic it would i can certainly see the idea that it that it would feel like a more skillful art to do deceptive illusions it's like oh i i could just actually make this rabbit come out of this hat <laughs> or i could deceive you into thinking that that's what happened and like i could i i could definitely see somebody being like that's way more interesting and then you know just to talk about adventure time awesomeness um we have to talk about larry larry gets turned into a rock in this episode and there are multiple hard edit cuts to Larry as a rock. I love when Bufo is like, that includes you, Larry, and it cuts to a rock. Is that not the most hilarious shit you've ever seen? <laughs> no, that that was pretty solid. And like there's the, the scene where Spader's he's like, Oh, I forgot Larry. It's like cause he's carrying the rock around. Yep, yep, yep. But I don't know, but and- whatever. <laughs> That was definitely an interesting idea. Some some fun Adventure Time shenanigans of, of like people are still treating this rock like it's a person, and like like we even get the scene where Spader's like friend energy bubble thing doesn't go to the one eye, uh, <laughs> whatever his name is, the Snitch, and goes to the rock instead. Okay, well well this is a question: Does this episode do too much fan fiction explanation? Because we get stuff like, oh, this random kid is the the relative of the Wizard City Guardians who we've seen in the original series and we've seen now. Like, does this episode give too much backstory to something we don't need backstory of? I mean, like I said, these side plots are always good fodder for whenever you're going off book in terms of your storytelling. Yeah, but is going off book what we need from Adventure Time? Is that that the choice that they should have made? In in the sense of, oh, wow, we have Adventure Time. We have such a deep lore. Let's go to a dark, dark corner that hasn't been explored. Well, so I guess what I'm getting at is is the... I think that was the whole idea behind the Distant Lands series 
is that it was all going to be things that were not really explored in the, in the regular series. Uh, and I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but the name Distant Lands kind of implies Is that anything, but in the three episodes of Distant Lands that we got, is anything close to exploring the lore of Wizard City? I mean, because you got BMO, totally in a different land. You have Together Again, totally in the Dark World because Finn and Jake are dead. You have Obsidian, which is totally new. You you do make a good point. Uh, all the other things went the all the other episodes went the route of being like far newer, not as attached. More original, and yeah. More yes, more original, and and Wizard City doesn't do that. And yeah, you you do make a good point there. And I don't think that uh, of the things that are in Adventure Time, I don't think that Wizard City necessarily deserved the attention. I, I'm having trouble thinking. Like we could have. I would have been happy to see more Prismo shit, you know, before I would yeah. want to see more Wizard City stuff. I think that you and I could come up with lists of ten things easily before we wanted to know more about Wizard City. Yeah, that's a cool thing in Adventure Time, but we don't need to know more about it. It exists as a concept to its positive. When you right. explain it, it's to its detriment. Yeah, it's, um, I, I know that there's movies we've talked about recently where it's like, you know, the attempt at explaining this is what ruins it. But yeah, no, that, that's definitely a, a thing that, that uh, I think applies to this episode. I'm with um, you. I'm with you. One thing, one thing I would have to say is that um, the con wizard bit at the beginning reminded me just a little bit of City of Thieves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and going back to the idea of other things I would have rather spent more time on, City of Thieves is something I would probably be able to like invest in a little more. And they could have done something where it was like entirely different characters and not at all connected with City of Thieves, and that would have been... Is it, then at least it doesn't feel like it needs to have Gravitas, whereas like yeah. this felt like it's Peppermint Butler. Like It should have something impactful, and it just doesn't. So, Ben, uh, were there any moments from Wizard City that you wanted to highlight? Uh, I mean, just you know, coming back to Kadevra, her, her attempts at stage magic, I, I think specifically the explanation that we get, like where she's with her parents, and they're like, you need to to do this if you're going to be a great wizard don't you want want that and she's like no like no i don't i don't <laughs> want to be a great wizard i don't care um yeah so something else like whenever spader's picking on Kadebra at the beginning of the episode and they're like how are you ever going to get into to wiz arts which is hogwarts obviously mm-hmm. um which I, I can't really get on board sickening yeah um, sickening yeah that's a good word yeah it's just yeah, like I, yeah i know what you're doing like, don't get me wrong, I love me some Harry Potter, but I don't need Harry Potter in my adventure time. But whenever he, whenever Spader's picking on Kadebra, and he's like, how are you ever going to get into Wizards? She, she says something like, I've got some tricks up my sleeves, and then and then a bunch of shit falls out of her sleeves. I thought that that was really funny. Like, we get, and you know, of course, at that point, I'm just like, oh, it's like a stage magician. Like, it's like she's having, and, and we haven't, that hasn't been revealed to us yet that she's doing stage magic. So they gave us this little plug, and it's like, ah, yeah. oh, like, that's, that's like a funny little joke because she's actually a wizard, but then later you find out she's actually a wizard that wants to be a stage magician. And it's, yeah, I yeah, I got no problem with that. At the start of this episode, we see a shot of Chusku standing upright. Yes. Is this the first time we're ever seeing that? As far as I know, uh, I, I don't remember anything before this. Like I said, I haven't finished out the original series, so I, I can't say definitively. Uh, but I definitely don't remember seeing Chusku stand upright before this. We get, like, nepotism hardcore. I want to jump to when Kadebra, uh, like, gets her 
I don't know, cloak her clothes type her of thing. Her skirk medallion. Yeah, she becomes a skink. But skink. she is clearly given this because of nepotism, right? Yes. They're like, yeah. you are the niece of our favorite groundskeeper. Here's your next level. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of goofy. That's like they just they outright say it. There's there's no not even it's not even implied. They just are like yes. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I, I the, the choose goose thing back back to that. Uh, choose goose is in the afterlife and together again, right? Yep. Like, yep. We we were uh, confused, if I remember correctly, about why he was in hell. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of reasons for choose goose to be in hell. I'm sure he's making some shady deals. Um, does he? So does he die? He's in a jar or something in, in this episode, right? Like he... Yeah, they reveal that he drank some of the ichor of the evil villain, Kokentepi, oh. and that made him burst into nothing. It, it, it's so strange. Yeah, so that's I don't know. At least maybe we get a little bit of insight onto why he's in. in... Well, that that takes me to another question I had about this episode: is that why is this episode feel the need to grow to a new villain, Kokentepi? And Kokentepi, as we see him in this episode, is one of the evil creatures that we see when the lich talks about the creatures before time in gold star is the episode so like kokentepi is on par with orgalord why do we need to extend it to a new villain if anything this should have been orgalord if it should have been the lich this should have been something we know about right uh i yeah i think that no, nothing well, I don't know. So there, there's something kind of interesting about about seeing these these evil monsters that existed before time, and I can I can see the kind of interest in, in that type of idea. Uh, but at the same time, if you are doing so little with it, exactly, why create it at all? And I think that that's because like they they they're doing like this one episode, and it's like he's he drinks the the, the icor and he becomes the Kokotepi monster thing for like. I don't know, a minute? Mm-hmm. Like, not not very long. Um, yeah, what is that last scene of Pepper and Butler becoming a monster? What is that? Why? Why should I care? Right, and then we get, what, Cadabra saving the day by making him vomit or something? Yep, yep. It's like, so this, so this like, obscene, evil, you know, ability to transform Peppermint Butler can be undone by, by vomiting? Once the magic's in you, it doesn't stay. Like it's it's actually just physically in you. And then what is he going to excrete it at some point? And if it didn't get vomited yeah. out, like is, the is entire it fight like scene at the end is ridiculous, and it's almost like stupid and unnecessary. Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely feels low stakes. Like obviously. Well, I, okay, I shouldn't say that. Obviously, Kogan Tepe is, like, something that should be powerful enough to make this a high-stakes fight. But then the way it yeah. ends is so anticlimactic. And it's just like, okay, you did a thing. Kogan Tepe, so there's some kind of interesting things with, like, the, the name chosen for Kogan Tepe is, it, it reminds me of, like, I think it's called, like, Gaglio Tepe. Like, there's, there's other, like, Native American cultures that have gods or... or big evils that that have similar names uh, or you know names that this this name is clearly influenced by and uh, 
I at least like the kind of nod to those mythologies. Don't like how brief Kokentepe is. I would have liked to have seen, like, if they're going to reference those others mythologies, I would have liked to have seen them take that reference a little further and go with, um, you know, some of the big showdowns between, uh, I guess, the, the good gods or whatever in these okay. mythologies versus the bad ones. And, like, there's one I'm thinking of. I can't think of, I can't think of the names. I think it's an Aztec mythology where um, Tiamat, uh, whatever, the, the, the good god c- cuts down, like, I think wraps this dragon in a net and, like, cuts it into pieces and builds the world out of it. And, like, I would have liked to have seen something, some attempt at, at some kind of, that level of importance of like this okay. is being broken down and, and being reused to, to to like re-energize the though even if it was the wizard school like there's parts of the wizard school that are decrepit it's like if, if they took this this cr- uh, creature and broke it down into its constituent like energy and and use that to revitalize the area they were in like that would have been way more interesting to me um and i would have i would have liked the, the connections to those old mythologies uh, as opposed to just like kind of taking a namesake and then, and yeah. then having it like oh it's it's bad but then it gets punched by a girl and like not not to say that girls can't punch things but like I, when I say girl I mean child by a not adult person and that's it like it's just like okay it's, it's done yeah exactly because I don't think there's any reason to include a peppermint butler storyline where he's beating a big evil. Like I said earlier, we've done this with Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea beats the big evil of the Lich, and the Lich being defeated means something. How are you going to throw us this random episode and say, oh, Peppermint Butler is going to become the embodiment of Kokentepe? Like, what is that? That's almost, like I said, inert. That's irrelevant to what we're used to in Adventure Time. I, I, I was not happy with the ending of this episode. Um, I think that, you know, Peppermint Butler, he, when he strangles his old self and it just kind of, like, happens, I'm like, oh, that's all we're getting? Like, that's the resolution we need? Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. That It felt like it was just way too easy for him to... to like, we never see him fighting it, ever. And then at yeah. the end, he can just pull it out. The resolution of it is far too simple. Finn had to at least, like, overcome his fears. Yes. Uh, Peppermint Butler gets beaten up, becomes not a monster anymore, and then it suddenly has a change of heart, and then that's what—that's all that's needed for him to remove the yeah the old spirit. Uh, it just—it felt—it just felt too rushed. Like I—I I would have been completely happy with him leaving that in Peppermint, little Peppermint Butler, and like him still having to contend with that for the for the rest of time. They could have even gone the route of of Peppermint Butler like showing but begrudging motion in that direction where he was like I'm I'm going to try to figure out how to not be dictated by my past. Yeah, yeah. But for him to just be able to discard it so easily is uh, it's almost insulting. I, I think it's a um, tired rendition of what we know as Adventure Time, if that makes sense. Yeah, the only, the only way I could see this me having a different opinion about this is if they reveal that they have more distant lands planned and that this actually matters in some way. I, but it doesn't. That's a thing. Right. So, the, I mean, that they would have to post hoc make this important. 
which yeah yeah you know I, I no I don't think it's impossible I think they could like that there could be a world where that happens but I don't think that it's in, in the plans right now the lich and Orgolorg are way more important villains than peppermint butler is right um yes but I, I I would not hate to see peppermint butler grow to be that kind of an important villain but that's not even what's happening in this episode yeah the, he gets possessed by something and only for like a minute. And then like, like what I'm getting at is if, if the peppermint Butler that we knew continued his dark art studies and used his second attempt, his second youth to get far better than he ever was before using that fear eater thing inside of him to become a great evil. Like that would be way more interesting than this, like this other evil spirit taking him over. Absolutely. Oh God! And then we then we would even get the the emotion from from a heroes Finn and Jake maybe or whatever, right? Uh, preferably Finn and Jake having to stop Peppermint Butler, who is not somebody that they necessarily hated. They've worked with Peppermint Butler; they know him, and and that would have been taking distant lands in like a little bit of a different direction. That's something that I, I don't think we get in the main series, like a direct clash between those characters. Yep. Yep. So that like the distant lands there could be like this is outside of the story arcs of, of the original. So I think both of us are saying the same thing. This is almost unnecessary, right? Uh, I I would have liked to have seen the funding for this episode go into something else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and, I, and yes, unnecessary, uh, not, kind of a letdown. Your bond is weak! Be better at having friends! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good line. Um, and and we, we get those, but... It, I mean, it is it is a little disappointing that that the best parts of this episode are kind of relegated to those like one liners, but uh, but those one liners are still funny as fuck because it is still interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah, so I guess you know. With that being said, um, you know, final thoughts: uh, Distant Lands, Wizard City. Uh, I mean, we've already kind of mentioned our rankings, but I, I just kind of want to reiterate: Wizard City is pretty low on the list, if not the last one. It's just. So, it's small potatoes compared to the rest of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. And that that's, um, it's upsetting that it was the finale. It's upsetting that it's the last installment we get, because I don't want it to end on this note. I want it to end on Obsidian. Like, I want, <laughs> I want it to end on those bangers, you know. Obsidian is form. so good. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, in that way, it, it is a disappointment. If this had just been, like, a regular episode of Adventure Time back in the day, it would have been fine. It would have not been a standout as a disappointment. It would have been a fine episode. We would have talked about it. We would have had some things to say. But the fact that it is the finale of this Distant Lands HBO Adventure Time project just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, with that being said, I guess uh, we should promote our Patreon, that type of thing. Ben, Patreon, what do you think? Uh, come check us out. Come support us. Come pay for that uh, privilege to make requests and make those requests. And we will talk about that content on the Patreon. But we probably don't have room for it in the main feed because Zach picks <laughs> a million movies a day to talk about. So Yes. Yeah, come... Come do that. Come join the Patreon. We'd love to see you there. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Ben, for being here with a uh, a bonus episode about Distant Lands, Wizard City, and uh, I think the next time we'll hear from you on the main feed is about Spider-Man. Is that true? That sounds right. That's uh, the next thing I'm recording for. i got to watch 15 million Spider-Man movies. <laughs> 
Ben's going to be dancing like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3. Is that correct? No, no, he's shaking his head. <laughs> uh, Tobey Maguire stole those moves from me, I just want to say. <laughs> so, what you, what you meant to say is that Tobey Maguire was dancing like Ben. The butterflies and bees We can wander through the forest And do so as we please Come along Cliff beside a sea. Predator, 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 predator